Good morning. I always feel like uh, when I listen to an introduction like that, I'm like, who is he talking about? Um, and so I wrote a song that would be the best way I know to... Uh, uh oh This thing's been weird all weekend. The best way I know to kind of push back at that, I was at my... We have a, a neighbor uh, who's this hilarious, wonderful woman who talks too much. And... Uh, she, she, uh, she is the kind of thing where, like, I hope this isn't being recorded, but she'll, she'll call and, and leave long messages, like the voicemail like, timer runs out, you know, and, or if Jamie needs to ask her something, she'll have me do it because she knows that I'll cut her off. And so, uh, anyway, she's awesome, um, and we've been friends for, like, 12 years. But we were at her house one day, and she was crying and she, because she, her family's going through something really difficult. And, and uh, at some point I said, I know this has to be really tough for you and she wiped her nose and she sniffled and she said what do you know about tough you're a christian singer <laughs> so i thought that deserved a song so you think i'm something special like i know a thing or two like my eyes don't ever wander like my aim is always true so you think I'm not a dirty, rotten scoundrel through and through? Well, lady, I've got news for you. So you think that you're the only one to cry yourself to sleep? That you're the only one who's scared they all forget you when you leave? So you think that you're the only one whose heart is black and blue? Listen, I've got news for you, for you, might as well just tell you that it's true, it's true, listen, I've got news for you, so you think
where we want to be buried soon. Uh, we have to like decide on this cemetery and all that weird stuff. And and uh, then I got to thinking about how since I was born in Illinois and I grew up in Florida and moved to my whole, all my kids were born in Tennessee. I just have no idea where I want to be buried. I, I don't know where uh, where my roots really are. And so I, I really love Waco. And so um. <laughs> so uh, anyway, that led me to this song. I suppose you could lay me down to die in Illinois And bury me beneath the rose of corn Or in between the maple trees I climbed on as a boy Where in the land of Lincoln I was born Oh, and I recall we rode the combines in the fall And there comes a time for gathering the harvest after all my boys, miss my girls, lay me down and let me say goodbye to this world. You can lay me anywhere, oh, but just remember this, when you lay me down to die, you lay me down to
have a, the back there the sound can I have one more on my guitar and the monitor with a beer. I uh, I've been married for um, 18 years now. I got married when I was a sophomore in college, in, uh, which I highly recommend. Um, <laughs> reduced a lot of stress, uh, and I'm not joking. Uh, it was it was pretty awesome. And so, uh, but we we got married young and started having kids young. And and uh, I'm in this play. My oldest is about to turn 15, um, and then my next one is 13. My daughter turned 11 yesterday. And uh, and so we're in a pretty pretty sweet spot in our marriage, you know, where we don't have to pay for babysitting anymore. And the kids can't drive, you know, so they're all home all the time. We hang out and watch a lot of movies, and and uh, and they still think we're kind of cool. And and uh, anyway, we uh, 18 years though is is long enough to have survived a few things. Uh, and any of you guys in here who have been married for any length of time know what I'm talking about, like. I think when we, when we first got married in college, people were like, you know, in premarital counseling and, and stuff, they were like, you know, you're going to have conflict and things are going to get difficult. And we were like, yeah, 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 whatever. We get along great. That's only other people, you know. And, uh, and so, um, you know, it's not that we didn't believe them. We just had no idea um, the w- how, how deep the uh, sanctification needed to run, you know. Uh, and and the gospel, um, I mean, the New Testament is, there's a theology of suffering in the New Testament, you know, like there's a, there's this idea you guys are familiar with that God uses suffering uh, in our lives to, to shape us and to make us into who it is that he wants us to be. And, and, uh, and with no disrespect to the institution of marriage, since it is God's idea, uh, marriage is a source of suffering, just so you know. Uh, for her and for me, and it's not like necessarily like backbreaking labor, but it is a way of learning to die a little bit at a time. You know, you lay down your life every morning when you get up. You lay down your life for your your kids and your wife uh, a little bit at a time, which is good for people like me who are too chicken to do it all at once. You know, and so uh, so anyway, I just can't over overstate uh, how grateful I am for my marriage, but also how how um, beautiful it is that it has been, and at times, as difficult as it has been. Um, and it's not like we fight all the time, but there have just been uh, moments in our marriage where, almost like a moth flying through the dark, uh, the thought crosses your mind, this isn't what I signed up for. This is harder than I expected. And, and, and the thing is, uh, it's exactly what you signed up for. Uh, that's why there's a ceremony. That's why you stand in front of your family and your grandma on the front row and make a promise. You know, because it's supposed to get hard. That's, that's, the, that's the deal. It's going to get difficult, and, and that's part of the beauty of it all. Uh, and I think we live in a culture where people think, well, if it's difficult, then it must, we must be doing something wrong. It must, we, we, uh, you know, we change tactics. But really, I, I think, you know, when you're farming, when you're gardening or you're keeping bees... You get stung, <laughs> or or you you have to hoe the row. You know, that's part of the deal. The work comes with it. And so anyway, we're learning this. It's been almost 19 years now, and my wife and I, I think she's more beautiful than ever. But uh, but we got in a huge fight right after our th- 15th wedding anniversary, and it was a fight that w- went on and on for you know an hour or two, and and uh, she was she we were both frustrated we kind of forgot what we were even arguing about you guys know what I'm talking about those of you who are married were like wait what are we saying now I forgot what my point was two hours ago and anyway she was crying and she was like I just I just want to go to bed can I just go to bed you keep fighting I'll be asleep and so uh, 
So I said, okay, you're right. We should probably let it lie. You just go to bed, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go downstairs and write a song about you. And so, uh, <laughs> so I realized pretty quickly that it needed to be an apology song. And uh, so here it is. thinking about the fact that you guys are all seminarians. <laughs> well, most of you. you. You young children are not. Uh, you snuck in. Uh, or maybe you are seminarians, um, and you just read all the time. Uh, I didn't go to seminary. I'm too wimpy. I, I got a Bible degree at uh, Florida Christian College in, in outside of Orlando, and, uh, and 
couldn't wait to get in, go, go do music. And it, but every time I'm on a campus like this, I go, oh, yeah, college is awesome, and I want to go be smart. And then I see students with books or, or papers that they're writing, and I go, ha, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm just holding out uh, for an honorary doctorate. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so, uh, anyway, I, I wrote this one uh, after uh, Hosea is uh, just one of the most beautiful books in the Old Testament to me. And, and uh, there's this, you know, passage where it, it says that, uh, it said, I, I haven't read this in a long, or sung this song in a long time, so I'm going to get this wrong probably. But where he says, uh, um, uh, he, he, he's going to call her out. And and there I will give her her vineyards again, uh, the valley of trouble. I will I'll make into a valley of hope. Uh, it's a, the valley of something, and it means trouble. I forget what it's, what it is. Anyway, you guys can look it up later. Uh, but but it's this beautiful picture where where it's almost like Hosea marries Gomer, you know, this prostitute, and 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 uh, he God says, go find it. If you want to know what my love for my people looks like, go and marry this woman who's going to cheat on you. And bring her into your home and love her as your wife. And then when she goes away and she's living with another man, go and buy her back and bring her home and love her as your wife. Uh, and people talk about the Old Testament like it's all judgment and wrath and that the New Testament is all, you know, flowers and peace. And it's like, no, this is all one story. It's all one God here. There are plenty of pictures in the Old Testament of God's abiding peace uh, and mercy. And so, uh, and for that matter, in the New Testament, plenty of judgment and wrath, you know. Uh, but the uh, but the the beautiful picture is of of of, Hos- of Gomer making a wasteland of her life. But then uh, but then Hosea coming out and saying, "Come, I want to show you something." And it's this beautiful green valley that God has made it into. And so uh, I really need for that story to be true because um, you and I are are cheaters. Like a silver moon with the saddest smile I ever knew. 
place where nothing can grow. One look at my stone heart crumbled. It was a valley as green as jade. I swear it was the color of hope. You turned a stone into a Testament song. Let me do one more if that's all right. I uh, I wrote this one with my buddy Ben. Ben, uh, the guy who played piano with me. Were you guys in chapel? Yeah, like little people chapel. Uh, okay. Uh, undergrad chapel, I guess. Um, I uh, there's a guy named Ben who usually plays piano with me, and and uh, he's this fiercely talented dude who knows the Bible probably better than anybody I know. And uh, and anyway, we've co-written a lot, and and we, he was telling me about how he was reading some Bible stories to his kids, and uh, he read uh, there were three Old Testament stories. Two, uh, there was Elisha and the widow's oil. You guys remember the story and. Elisha um, says, she says, well, the people are going to come and take my son to, sons into slavery. All I have is this jar of oil. And he says, well, uh, we'll send your boys out to get all the empty jars that they can find and pour your oil into the jars. And, and there was enough to fill every jar. And then they sold the oil and it kept her sons out of slavery. Slavery. And then, Eli then there was the story of Elisha and Naaman. You guys remember the story of Naaman, the rich man who wanted to be healed. And Elisha said, dip yourself in the Jordan seven times. And Naaman thought it sounded silly. Let's face it, it kind of does. Uh, and he didn't want to do it. But in the end, he humbled himself. He went to the Jordan. Seventh time he came out of the water, he was washed clean. And then there was the story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal. This fantastic story uh, about how, you know, they were trying to call fire out of heaven. They couldn't do it, no matter how they thrashed around. But then Elijah prayed this beautiful prayer, and pow, fire consumed everything on the altar. And so Ben was reading these stories to his kids, and he realized that all of them were these really beautiful pictures of uh, what the blood of Jesus was going to do.
blood of Jesus, it is like a leper's river running humble with a power you cannot see. Seven times go under, let the water wash you clean. Only go down to the Jordan and believe. Only go down in the Jordan and believe. And I For a second, uh, there's a, there's an album that I put out a few years ago called "Behold the Lamb of God," and uh, and it tells the the subtitle is "The True Tall Tale of the Coming of Christ," and it's uh, we go, travel around the country every year do, p- singing about the coming of Jesus uh, around Christmas time, and uh, and so this is one of the songs from that uh, that, that I kind of like had the idea for a long time, like maybe 15 years ago, and I was sitting in my Old Testament survey class in, in college. And so uh, this is uh, from your favorite passage of scripture, Matthew chapter 1. This is called Matthew's Begats. Abraham had Isaac, Isaac he had Jacob, Jacob he had Judah and his kin. Well then Perez and Zerah came from Judah's woman table. Perez he brought his run right up and then who was then the dad of Salmon, who with Rahab fathered Boaz. Ruth, she married Boaz, who had Obed, who had Jesse. Jesse, he had David, who we know as king. David, he had Solomon by dead Uriah's wife. As he sing you along. Solomon, well, you all know him. He had good old Rehoboam, followed by Abijah, who had Asa. Asa had Jehoshaphat, had Joram, had Isaiah, who had Jotham, then Ahaz, then Hezekiah, followed by Manasseh, who had Amon, who was Amen, who was father of a good boy named Josiah, who grandfathered Jehoiakim, who caused the Babylonian captivity because he was a Who began to rebel? Who had Abiyah? Who had Eliakim? 
Listen very closely, I don't want to sing this twice. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, the mother of Let me go over here. To the, how, how are we doing on time? How much? I don't have a clock up or anything up here. How much more time is left? Okay, cool. Let me, uh, okay. Do a, a couple of piano songs. In the car. So I'm, uh, well, what should I do? I'll do this. There's one of my, this beautiful quote I happened upon. Some of you guys may have heard this yesterday, but I, I, uh, Martin Luther said, our Lord has written the promise of resurrection, not in books alone, but in every leaf in springtime. I give you praise, O great, invisible for the moon in the space of the dark night, for the smile on her face in the sunlight. I give you praise, O great, invisible God. For the sound of the storm on the window, for the morning adorned with a new snow. For the tears on the face of the old man Made clean by the grace of the good land Invisible God And oh, I long to see your face Invisible, invisible God All the works that you have made Are clearly seen And plain as day so mighty And Oh Lord, let me remember I see you everywhere Invisible God In the sea that descends to the old earth And arises again with a new birth In the sinner who sinks in the river And emerges again God. And oh, I long to see your face invisible, invisible God. All the works that you've made are clearly seen in plainest days, so mighty and tender. Oh Lord, let me remember all your power eternal, your nature divine. All creation tells the tale that love is real and so alive. I feel you. I hear you. Great God unseen I see. Invisible God. In the long cold death that the winter brings in the sweet resurrection
Thank you. Thank you to whoever that person is who keeps instigating the clap, clapping at the end of the song. So the applause is not for me as much as it is for all of us to not feel weird. Like that, that, that space of time between the end of the song, it's like, are they going to clap? They're not going to clap. Oh my, my whole career is over. And then they clap and everything. Uh, it's only weird in chapel. So, um, so let me, uh, I'm tempted to do a new song or an unrecorded thing. I'm going to mess this song up, but I want to play it for you. Um, it's a, uh, my next record is, is probably going to be, uh, an album of resurrection songs. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I feel like, yeah, that, that's something I didn't grow up with. I grew up with a very hazy understanding of heaven and the new Jerusalem and the resurrection. Like it was like, it was my, my really, my, my idea of what that was going to be like was probably more informed by the movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze than it was by anything actually biblical. And uh, and so it's been f- fascinating over the last 10 years of my life I've begun to understand just just how rich the promise of the resurrection is to 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 us believers and and so uh anyway I, so I want to put out an album of of Easter songs and so this is uh this is one of them and this is a terrible idea but I've already messed up so much you guys just please clap anyway. So the winter dies with a blast of icy wind Like a mournful cry it's giving up the ghost again Another sheet of snow melts away to gold and green Look at Peter go, he's racing to the tomb to see Where has my Jesus gone? He is not dead, he is risen, risen indeed Song of freedom, like now the ocean. And now the flowers bloom like a song of freedom. Behold, the earth is new as if only for the season. There it is. And now the flowers bloom like a song of freedom. Behold, the earth is new if only for the season. And so the seed that died for you becomes the seedling. Just put your hand into the wound that bought you. And let your heart believe He is not dead He is risen Risen indeed And the rain will fall it immerses the earth in sorrow, but Mary the sun will rise again, Mary the sun will rise again, daughter listen, listen, daughter listen, he speaks your name, and Father Abraham could not have dreamed of this, could never understand the end of all those promises, how all the is fit, every star and grain of sand is safely hid in Jesus' hand. Let every tongue confess, He 
to a new song, you kind of have to play six or seven terrible performances before you get to the good one. So thanks for being a guinea pig. I'm going to close with this. Um, you guys have been great. It's been an honor to be here uh, around all you smart people. And, uh, you know, there's a, when I was in Bible college, I used to think, uh, I remember after like some class, the, the kind of debate over some theological point would spill out into the hallways and, you know, these guys who are future pastors would be like, but no, atonement is this and baptism and blah, blah, blah and all this stuff they would argue and I was kind of just in the background going, oh, okay, so if I want to be a good Christian then I need to engage in the argument and I would step forward and kind of be like, yeah, well, what I think is this, you know, and then they would body slam me and throw me out of the pen, you know, and uh, I just, my brain doesn't do that. It doesn't work. like I can't, I freak out, you know, in any kind of tense situation and I can't remember, and, and uh, you know, I graduated Bible college and, and uh, experienced the, the, the terror of being, of having somebody who believes something entirely different than you, theologically, uh, proving you wrong with Scripture, uh, you know, and where I was just like, well, I, I don't have the argument, but my professor could nail you right now. I know that he could. He would just totally tell you that that is incorrect, and so I, I kind of... Uh, you guys, you're in for that. It, it's coming, just so you know. Uh, and it'll be good for you, I think. I, uh, but I kind of had to make peace with the fact that I, w- I was not a proper theologian or an academic. Or, uh, you know, I, I love, I think theology is important and beautiful, but I, I kept gravitating toward music and, and, and uh, appealing to something else in people, you know. Uh, and I think there's a place for, for both sides of it. And so I came acro- across this quote by G.K. Chesterton that gave me a lot of peace. He said, he said, I do not say that we do not need priests to remind men that they will someday be dead. I only say that we also need another kind of priest called a poet to remind men that they are not dead yet. Ooh, that's good. And so, uh, so I was like, ooh, pick me, pick me. I want to be that guy. And so, uh, uh, so anyway, I, I, it's been a, a kind of a crazy journey to grow up a preacher's kid and, and uh, not want to be in the ministry. And then 20-some-odd years after high school, finding myself um, doing this. And, uh, and so uh, I'm as baffled as anybody is. But, uh, but I can tell you that it all started... Um, when I was nine years old, and my dad and the d- non-denominational denomination that I grew up in, in the, which was a, a Christian church, kind of like a Church of Christ, only uh, we were evil and had a piano. Um, we, uh, we, you know, it was just a conservative Bible church, you know, and not, yeah, anyway. And, and the way we did it was, and still, like yesterday or Sunday at church, I know my dad did this. He ends all of his sermons with an invitation. He, he gives his you know, winds a sermon up, gives an invisible signal to Hilda Mallard, who is the church organist, who is in the, the most perfect church organist name ever. And Hilda will, kind of glides over and begins to 
play this kind of thing, and my dad stands in front of the pulp- pulpit and says, if anybody here has a decision they'd like to make or wants to accept Christ, then please stand. We're all going to sing just as I am uh, 87 times. And, uh, and if, you, if you do want to become a Christian, then come down the aisle. And, and uh, if somebody did in our church, my dad would kind of seat everybody and talk to them for a minute. And then he would, the first thing he always did was have them repeat what we called the good confession. I believe, I believe Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, the Son of the living God, my Lord, my Lord, and my Savior, and my Savior. And, uh, and it was just like the routine, no matter what. Even if they wanted prayer, that was a big part of what we did. We would declare what we believed to be true. And, and, it was, and, and in my church, I know I'm here at a Baptist seminary, but like, uh, as soon as they would say the confession, they would then dunk them. They would baptize them because they didn't want them to die between there and there. And so... Uh, <laughs> I just didn't didn't want to take any chances, and so. Um, uh, but anyway, it was usually a beautiful moment in the church service. But because I was the preacher's kid, I missed it um, because my job was to sit on the back row and to fill out um, fake names on the visitor information cards. And so, uh, <laughs> so anyway, I, I considered it my ministry to the elder who had to do the follow-up calls. Uh, But uh, anyway, when I was nine, my dad gave the invitation like he always did, and I I felt my heart, uh, it paid attention in a way that it never had. And uh, I knew that I was broken, and only Jesus could fix me. And that was all I kind of needed to know, I think, at that point, isn't it? Uh, And I walked the aisle, and I cried, and and uh, hugged my dad, and he said, he hugged me. I remember hugging him like this. He's a big guy. He's a southern pastor, so he's huge. And he, and he uh, hugged him like this, and I remember when he put his arm around me, his suit coat kind of flopped around my my face and shielded me from all the eyes of the people who could see me crying, and I felt so safe. And it was warm, and it, it smelled like his uh, gold bond. And uh, <laughs> And then I heard my dad's voice say, Hey, son, I need you to repeat after me. I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, my Lord and my Savior. And uh, then, bloomp, they dunked me in. And that set me off on a journey that led me here to you guys. And so, here's a song. Thank you. 
Then I rocked and rolled with a lousy band Till I heard a song that took my hand And led me home And I believe He is the Christ Son of the living God Oh, and I believe He is the Christ Son of the living Bye. Uh -huh. 